This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back, folks, on another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Uh, you know, after Snowmageddon 2021, apologize for that, pushing the schedule down a bit, but we are still getting it in. The crew over at the Michigan Insider, of course, got Steve Lorenz and Bryce Merritt. Steve, how are you this week? Good. Uh, yeah, I think it was an hour and 15 minutes to snowblow the driveway today. So uh, we're in the heart of winter right now. Yeah, all day for me to have one snowblower blow up and go get another one and put it together and then get the driveway knocked out. How about you, Bryce? Any snow clearing for you? You know, I help out from time to time. It's, you know, some older people around need muscle help. So <laughs> I try to help out as best I can. Of course you do, Bryce. Of course you do. Yeah, obviously, let's jump right in as we do every single week. As I always say, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review it. Uh, the 2022 cycle, uh, especially as as it relates to defensive back recruiting, has been moving at a at a rapid pace. I mean, just on fire with the offers. Got a couple of commitments already, as we talked about with Taylor Groves and, and Cody Jones last week. A lot of questions. And this has been the case uh, since the new staff came in. Definitely has been the case on the board. And we've touched on him a little bit here on the podcast. But Dylan Tatum, defensive back athlete out of West Bloomfield. And I, I think the immediate sort of reaction to Ron Bellamy getting hired was, oh, well, Michigan is just going to be a lock to get Dylan Tatum. And I think we all pumped the brakes on that a little bit because he has been a kid that has seemingly been interested in at least exploring his own trail not necessarily tied to what his teammates before him had done or where where Coach Bellamy was at, Michigan State being a school that has been hammering him hard on him very, very consistently. And same thing with Baylor. You know, Baylor is another team out of state that has been recruiting him vigorously, and then he has offers from all over the country. It's that desire to really explore his options. It's kind of pumped the brakes for me. But, guys, I think you noticed this, too. Maybe in the past week and a half or so, week and a half, two weeks, the contact has really picked up. And I think we're at a stage now, Bryce, where there's it's like the transition period from you come in and it's like Ron Bellamy has the relationship. He's maybe the point man. But now we're to the point where linguist, helo, the ball is really in their court. You know, if Michigan is going to lock Dylan Tatum in, or lock him down, it's really going to be those guys to get it done. I think for me, one of the main things I wanted to see was how hard they were going to recruit him at first. Because when Zordich kind of left, it was kind of Wayne C and kind of, I mean, Sam, Steve, you'll speak to this too. They're after a lot of top DBs. I mean, a lot of top DBs. And so for him, I, I think he's in that group, but I wasn't sure how Linquist, how Hilo, how the rest of the coaching staff would feel. And they initially hit him up. They said, listen, you're a top guy for us. And this was kind of when Bellamy was just joining the staff. So this is something that it wasn't just because of Ron Bellamy now on staff. This is something they watched the film. They saw what he did this past year. 
he played against a lot of good teams. The team I watched him play against, Belleville, probably arguably one of the top teams in the whole entire state. He had an interception. He was locking down wideouts from both sides of the field. And I just thought, in my opinion, he would fit perfect in Michigan's defense. And so, obviously, he's got those connections. He's close to home. You know, he's got his now head coach, former head coach there and staff. But like you said, he, you know, when I've talked to him, he wants to just check out all these schools. He wants to take his visits and he wants to do his research and homework on each and every one of these schools before he just commits. And so I think with the pandemic, that might change his timeline as the article you wrote, uh, Sam. But he wants to just check out more of these schools before just jumping to any conclusions. Yeah, I think one of the things for the new staff, Steve, was what is he? I mean, because you watch him in high school, he is a very effective running back. I think that we got our exposure to that when when Donovan got hurt a couple of years ago and you saw Dylan Tatum come in. And then even as Donovan, uh, you know, rolled back into, you know, form as a five-star, you still saw Dylan Tatum getting heavy usage on offense. And there's some schools that like that aspect of his game. Then on defense, uh, he can play corner. He can play safety. We saw him. Uh, in that nickel or or viper role with with West Bloomfield, so a very very versatile guy. But I think for Michigan, it was a matter of really honing in on how does he fit with this new defense. And I think that they got to the point after they watched the film, the new guys said, okay, we really see how this kid can fit in, especially in that nickel role. You want a guy that's that's physical enough, that's willing to stick his nose in there. I mean, he you can line Dylan up over a slot and he can cover. But I think when you talk about a nickel, you want a guy that can be physical in a run game. And I, I really believe his running back background helps him uh, on that side of the ball, sticking his nose in there, being physical. You can see that when you watch him play, not afraid uh, to get his face in there. Uh, and I think the coaches see that as well. I think it's one of the reasons why they have him earmarked as being tailor-made for that role. So just super versatile. His unique ability to not only play coverage and play coverage, one of the hardest spots to play it, you know, over the slot, but also to be a factor in the other aspect of the game, to be a factor in the run game. You aren't losing that. Uh, I think that's one of the reasons why you might see some coaches want to play safeties there sometimes is because they they think they'll be more physical in the run game. In the NFL, because they are so pass happy, they play corners there more times than not, and they'll sacrifice (laughs) when it comes to They're going to run it. A little bit more, it feels like, at the college level. So you want a, you want a guy that you can count on to bring that physicality. Dylan will do that. Right, and I think that's, you know, that we agree that that's where his best fit really probably is, right? I think he is a good potential safety at the college level. Interesting is, like, I think Jay Harbaugh is actually the one that offered him, and I think they were kind of really looking at him as a running back at, at the very outset of his recruitment, yep. correct? Yep, So, yeah, so – Really fascinating recruitment in that regard where he's kind of come full circle and now looks more like a straight-up defensive recruit for them. Uh, But, yeah, absolutely. I I look at him as a nickel uh, in Michigan's new defense. Uh, But I think, yeah, that really it's it's still a fascinating recruitment because it's like, do you push just because he's an in-state guy, you know, and he is a very talented player and a guy that could help you, you know, possibly is still one of those guys that can get on campus. Maybe he still is a running back. You know, I mean, it's like I feel like there's some uh, flexibility there still. But, yeah, this one is going to be one of the more interesting in or out of state recruitments going forward, just because, as Bryce said, Michigan's really expanded their defensive backboard uh, with the new staff. I mean, they just off. They literally just offered a safety out of Georgia like Mm -hmm. uh, a couple hours ago. 
another one. Um, and with Tatum, that's like, I don't want to say just Michigan's luck, but it's like uh, you get the head coach in, you kind of figure <laughs> probably a good bet that the guy's going to – then you get the one that – the people that are smart enough to say, hey, you know, we're not just going to commit – because the high school head coach right. know, joined the which I, you can't that's the thing I was like that's really the, the way I would look at it too that's the smart way to look at it um as great as it'd be to follow Ron to Michigan you got to look out for your best interest too a lot of guys will just follow the head coach uh Dylan's got you know we talk a lot about Rayshon Benny is like Dylan Tatum quietly has like 30 plus offers I mean he has more options than I think people realize mm-hmm. and there's no harm for these guys again, given the opportunity that they are able to go other campuses and visit and stuff to uh, try to experience the process a little bit and not just say, hey, my high school head coach is going to Michigan. I already liked Michigan. Forget it. That's where I'm going to go. You know, I mean, he's got so many other places to check out and, and potentially have interest in. Yeah, it's a great, that is a great segue, Steve, into hearing from his dad a little bit because I wrote that, you know, look, Michigan is not a slam dunk. And this is after I interviewed his dad to – who who really mapped out a couple of things. I mean, you made the point that Michigan was looking at him as a as a running back prospect and initially. Uh and that is kind of switched. I think it's kind of switched because of uh this staff and what their preference is. I think it's switched as well because of how Dylan and how his dad kind of see the future. So dad talked a lot about that. And he also talked about how, you know, Coach Bellamy coming in the door, of course, of course there's gonna be this deference to him as the, the recruiter, and he's the plug, he's the primary relationship, but he will not be the, the coach that is coaching Dylan if he were to come to Michigan. And so there's, you know, for, for dad, I think it's, hey, we I want to talk to those guys. Dad hadn't talked to them yet, as you'll hear in the, uh, in the interview, where he makes it pretty plain. I've talked to coaches from, from other schools, but I haven't talked to the defensive coaches at Michigan yet and it sounds like that was on the verge of happening but it hadn't yet and, and dad pointed it out to say that don't assume just because Ryan Bellamy is there that my son is going to go there however I do think that it's one of those hurdles that is not that high it's like it's not you know the the size of a sky I mean, this is a scalable hurdle to to say the least with Hilo and Linguist uh, the the kind of recruiters they've shown themselves to be in a very short time, I think that they can make it so where Michigan will be or is the favorite. That's my opinion, not anything that they said, but it, it makes the point before you listen to dad, it makes the point that don't panic. <laughs> don't think that, oh, my goodness, this, uh, this recruitment is not going to go Michigan's way already. Uh, look at it like, hey, they were they first had to figure out how he fit in the defense. That's number one. Then they had to figure out the the recruitment and how it's going to go when you got the kid's former head coach coming in the door. Is it just him doing the lion's share of the recruiting, or when do you pass that off to the position coach? I think they're at that point now where they pass it off to the position coach. So here is Dylan's dad, Darren Tatum, sort of laying things out about where things stand right now. Give me a feel for how the process is going from your view of things. Is it still fun? Has it gotten stressful? Is it overwhelming yet? Give me the parental view of the recruiting process so far. Okay. Um, Yeah, so with this COVID pandemic that we're in right now, it is basically, um, I want to say it, sped the whole recruiting process up, and it has made it extremely stressful. We're trying to find the right fit, 
trying to make sure you're taking enough time to do your due diligence with each school to try to figure this thing out. Um, it's kind of funny because I just, Bill and I just talked within the last 15 minutes of, um, you know, where he's at and, you know, we, we have some homework that we have to do and, you know, you sit back and you, you, you try to observe, you know, of what's going on. So all these schools that are, you know, accepting commitments, et cetera. And, you know, when that happens, you know, okay, does that change? Does that change your offer with a school? And all of those come into play. And it's just making it, it's, it's making it tough right now. Right. It really is. Right. I got you. And so one of the things that I've always you know, I guess I've asked him 20 times and talking to me, what do you want to play? <laughs> you know, I mean, you you obviously are so, super versatile. So is that a big factor in how you guys are looking at the schools? OK, so dad is a little bit different than son. Dad is looking long term and what the trends are required for the collegiate level and also the NFL level. And right now, the trend is more wide receivers and more defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the trend. Now, mm-hmm. my son coming up through the youth organization, you know, he played both sides of the ball, but, you know, he was used to scoring touchdowns. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, so from, from I should say, uh, fourth grade on up to high school, you know, he's scoring touchdowns. And now when he gets to high school, you know, that's a little bit different because you got Donovan Edwards on the team. So, you know, he's taking some of the touches away. So, <laughs> right. you know. You know, he's used to hearing his name on the PA, you know, Dylan Tatum touchdown, whatnot. And, you know, he loves it. But he also loves he also loves playing defense because he loves to hit. So um I'm you know, I'm trying to be the dad. You know, my job is to basically, you know, hold the guardrails up so he doesn't go off the deep end and and and, and make a bad, bad decision, but I'm in a tough spot too, but being a coach myself, trying to figure out, you know, he can play both sides of the ball, but I'm looking at trends and I'm looking at a very unique uh, skill set and playing defensive back or safety or whatever. I mean, he can play both. He can play nickel. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. To me, that's where the money is. Mm-hmm. Now, being able to sell that to my son is a bit of a different story because of his offensive background. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. You know, so coming at co- coming at this from the Michigan perspective, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I know that it's a school that he's been looking at for a while, but the defense, you know, the staff changed. The defensive staff changed, and so I'm curious. You know, we've already talked to him about what he's thought of the new guys. What have you thought? Your interaction with the new coaches, uh, McDonald and, and Linguist, what have you thought of those guys? Well, I mean, I've done my research on them. I mean, they, they're definitely skilled coaches that have, you know, produced on all the levels. But as far as me personally, I haven't talked to them. I haven't received a text message or a phone call from them saying anything. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, you know, I can't speak to, you know, them reaching out to me. I mean, I can speak to some other coaches reaching out to me on the Michigan staff, but I haven't talked to them. Gotcha. By gotcha. text or anything. So, you know, that, that in, in my son's eyes, you know, that throws up a red flag for him. And then and if I'm looking at him, if they want him to play defense, okay, so why isn't he talking to him? You know, that's the question that we have, right? I mean, you know, you know, we, we, we've talked to Coach Bell before he accepted the job and all of that, and he's like, I'm going to come after you hard, but at the end of the day, Coach Bill is a wide receiver coach. Right. He's not the DB coach. So if, if that love is there, 
and the and the the the, the desire and the passion is there. You know, I I we can't I can't speak on that because I, I I haven't heard anything. He hasn't heard anything. So there's really nothing to say in answering that question. So as you heard, guys, uh, he said that the way that schools are taking commitments is kind of speeding up maybe their thought process as far as making a decision is concerned, but not to the point where they're just going to rush into to something like committing to Michigan. They're going to do their due diligence uh, to you guys' points and, and really look around. Kind of like, let's let's jump around a little bit and go to a kid out west that I talked to recently that is also doing his due diligence and and probably going to go into the summer uh, you know, before he really gets serious about talking about, hey, I got a favorite or, you know, my timeline is locked down. But Michigan is definitely going to be one of those schools when he does it. That much is clear from talking to this young man and his dad, but Darius Clemens, guys. And this is a kid that I find really intriguing because he, uh, you know, one of the top ranked players on the West Coast, but chose to play last fall in Utah when Oregon shut down football because of COVID. Now, he's actually going to have two junior campaigns because he played in Utah in the fall, and now in Oregon they're going to have a season here in March, starting in March. So he's going to get two bites of the apple to impress uh, to impress schools. But, guys, the tape that he put down in Utah, not only did it capture Michigan's attention, but you got the SEC. I know Auburn and Ole Miss jumped on him recently Steve, and this is a kid, top 247 receiver, 6'3", 205, brings you size, brings you speed, brings you a connection to the program as well that should make Michigan feel pretty optimistic about this recruitment. Yeah, so no Xandrell Anthony, right? I, I know the thing with this recruitment was really interesting is it, maybe that junior film in Utah is what kind of got the ball back rolling here. kind of felt like it was a little back and forth because he was a name very early on, I think we heard, or one of us, I'm assuming one of you two guys, reported the Andrew Anthony connection, right? That mm-hmm. there was a connection there. And his measurables are, like, elite level. I mean, he's an athlete through and through. Um, very intriguing prospect. And to, yeah, to take the initiative to play, to go play one state and move back uh, to play more football, you know, says a lot about how much the kid loves to play the game, too. Because, um, yeah, there's a early crystal ball for Michigan State, I think. Because there's connections – yeah, yeah, he grew up. Area, he, yeah, right? he grew up right outside of Lansing. They, right, they moved out to Oregon. Yeah. yeah, they moved out to Oregon when he was in the sixth grade. But he grew up in like Dewitt, so so you know, he's a no, Lansing kid. Right. So no real like attachment to Oregon or to the West Coast or really maybe anywhere necessarily, you know. And and receivers kind of intriguing this cycle. Um, we have the, the same few guys we've been talking a lot about with Tyler Morris, Caleb Brown, those types of guys. But I think a guy like Clemens is one of those other different dynamic type guys compared to some of the other, the names that we have been talking a lot about Uh, based just on his measurables alone. One of the higher ceiling guys at receiver in this class, no doubt in my mind. Um, One of the, like I said, one of the more fascinating kids and the other, other pattern that you're seeing here with Michigan in 22, they seem to have a lot of weird random ends with a lot of the guys (laughs) that they're recruiting. I don't know why. And I'm not sure if it's just we're taking we're paying more attention, I don't, I don't feel like that's again. We always pay uh, close attention. Just feels like with a lot of the guys that they're recruiting, the guys at the top of their board, they do kind of have like a a factor in their favor that they might not necessarily normally have. You know, and Clemens is another one. So yeah, no top target now. Put him back up there after Sam's report. Uh, 
you know, because I didn't put him up there at first because I wasn't sure about the back, like I said, the back and forth, but clear as day now, uh, Michigan all in there and uh, should have a really good chance at the end of the day. Yeah, you hit on another really good point. This is a kid that, I mean, he, his dad is from Florida, from the Miami area. So they, they're looking down there. Uh, you know, mom's from the Midwest, I believe, Ohio. They lived in Lansing. So Ty's here, and they live on the West Coast. This kid will go anywhere. I mean, that's both he and his dad said, look, distance is such a non-factor for him. He's just looking for the best opportunity. Uh, I, I think one of the things that he's really paying close attention because he really likes Ron Bellamy off the rip. There's no question about that. It's one of the things he said. I know I can go to Michigan and get great coaching from from Ron Bellamy, but he also said, uh, and this wasn't, uh, this didn't make the interview because it just didn't fit. But he said, "Yeah, you know, I'm really interested in Coach Gaddis, and I, I just feel like he's going to be, I feel like he's going to be in demand as an as an OC." Uh, and I just, he said, I got a little bit of concern about how long he will be there. You know, can I, can I go there and will he actually be there to coach me? So he said, that's one of the things that I'm really going to be looking to. And I, I think that really speaks to it, the, the comfort level that he develops with the rest of the staff. I, when you hear something like that, because you can never guarantee something like that, right, guys? How, how long is a guy going to get a promotion? I mean, I mean, so he's not. So he's not going to Alabama then, right? <laughs> right. Got to exactly. eliminate Alabama right away. <laughs> right. Right. So, but you know, it was it was one of the questions that he had about Michigan, and what that says to me is, okay, he just needs to get much more comfortable with the rest of the staff, the rest of the program. That process is already underway with Ron Bellamy. Uh, you know that by extension, you got to get to to Coach Harbaugh and the rest of the guy, and then the team, and then the team. You get that comfort with the team. He already has a relationship with Andrell. You feel like he know he knows about JJ. You feel like if he was able to connect with JJ some, that that will really help. So I, I, it wasn't one of those things that struck me like, oh man, that's an ominous sign. You know, him asking questions about, you know, will will Gaddis be around longer? Will he get a promotion and leave? Uh, when a kid is thinking like that, it says to me, okay, what what comfort level does he have with the rest of the program? Can you grow that? If Michigan can do that, Bryce. That's a guy that I think that they'll have a, a really good – or they do have a really good shot with. He's not going to be uh, even thinking about making a decision until you get into the summer when he can find out about visits. He wants to – I think he said four schools he knows for sure. He's going to visit. Michigan was one of them. I think Auburn, Penn State. Can't remember the last one, but Michigan definitely on that list. But a kid that I wanted to get to, Bryce, that you just covered today, that you talk about intriguing – Talk about a guy that, that turned my head immediately. I know he did, Steve. And, Steve, you've been talking to him for, for a while. But this kid, Ben Morrison, out of Arizona, corner whose connection to Michigan, these weird ends that Steve is talking about, another end with Morrison that you reported on today, Bryce. Yeah, so he's from Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. He's six foot 172. Um, and you would think, you know, a kid from Arizona, what what possible connection could he have with Michigan well, it happens to be that his sister happens to be on the women's gymnastics team and pretty good at it, too. She just, uh, I think, got a 9.8 or something on the vault, which I'm not no gymnastic guru here, but I'm pretty sure that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> but so he's on top of that. He also when she committed to Michigan in 2019 to check out the campus. He came up to Michigan to kind of see him with the family, check it out. And he told me, he's like, man, it's a beautiful campus, nice facilities. So for him, you know, with this dead period going with the pandemic, I'm going with the pandemic, he's already seen campus. So that's a huge plus. And, you know, after finding out this end with him, 
he's got just so many good offers and looking at him and so many more schools picking them on him. And then I watched his huddle and I'm like, this guy does kick return wide out, you know, corner. And he's just, he can play all over the field. He's a guy that the Michigan staff really likes. This is not just, you know, Zorich really like this is carried on over to the new staff. <clears throat> and he's just a guy that Michigan feels like he's a top target despite his ranking, which is maybe not the most impressive compared to others. He's a guy I think, Sam, you would agree. He's, he's going to be a guy who's going to easily move up the rankings. I feel like you talk about these these themes, Steve talking about the ends. This is another kid whose ranking hasn't caught up with his offer list yet. I love this kid. Explosive, speed, just an outstanding athlete. And I talked to Blair Angulo about him. He said, Man, I, Sam, I, I just I don't think he knows how good he is yet. And I can see that. And he said, you know, one of the things that maybe depressed his ranking a bit was as a sophomore, you know, he had an, some injury that kind of cut his season short. Then this was a COVID season. Uh, and I guess that season was was derailed a little bit for him as well. So it's kind of depressed maybe the ranking a little bit and maybe maybe the notice on the recruiting scene. But you've seen, a, I mean, Michigan knew about him. And, and from Zordich to this new crew and linguist is all, you could tell linguist really – uh, really, really likes him. This is a kid who very soon, mark my words, we talk about things you could take to the bank. Like we said, Miles Pollard's ranking is going to go up. Ben Morrison's ranking will absolutely go up. In the, the next rankings update, I am confident uh, because I ask enough of our West Coast guys about him. I know Huffman just went through his school last week, and Gulo's been talking to him. They love this kid. This kid's, this His ranking is going to go up, Steve, and rightfully so. Yeah, so the I did last week, I did the – just the insider stuff, the kind of compilation type deal that I do every once in a while. And he was one of the five. I, I said, there's every time we do a re-rank, you know, we can kind of our, the most input we can give as team writers is just to say, Hey, this guy, you know, email like, Hey, this guy should go up. And there are five guys that I said that I would be putting in for. And Morrison was, was one of them. I mean, he's another one, like a couple guys that we'll talk about here in a little bit that right away you turn on the film and, uh, I don't see 88, you know, and I'm not the guy that grades these kids, but I don't see an 88 ranking or rating uh, there for him. I mean, uh, fluid off the, his fluidity uh, at the corner spot is off the charts. Uh, I always look at corner as one of those spots where like you, you just, there's that innate sense of just a kid that knows how to play football. I think it's one of the easier positions to see a guy who's just comfortable on the football field. If they're really good, uh, he's one of them. But he's also fast as hell. I mean, the, the kick return, he has a couple kick returns on his film that are uh, really, really impressive, you know. But also the other thing, and, and this might play in Michigan's favor, nothing to do with his grade. High, it seems like a high character, good grade kit. Like, a, you know, we talk about fit. Michigan, we've talked a little bit about how they balance fit and talent. Uh, this is one of those guys, I feel like, that has both of those things. Uh, a lot like Pollard, actually, too, right? I mean, I think uh, some similarities in that regard, but... No, I mean, you know, the other thing, too, we've talked a lot about some of the other guys at corner or just in the defensive backfield, you know, Michigan in on so many guys, you know, and uh, Morrison, not somebody we've talked a ton about. He's a guy I think you got to push for him and you have to take him if you can. I mean, there's just I think there's too much upside there. I think he's too good. And as you can see, though, I mean, he's starting to blow up even more. Notre Dame just offered Ohio State's been sniffing around. You know, other people are, tar- are starting to realize uh, what kind of talent this guy is and uh you know, so for all these offers in Texas and Florida or whatever, still the kid out of Arizona that 
I think Michigan should really, really be pushing for it. I, I think they're going to. You know, we'll just have to see where it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, that end, sister on the on the women's gymnastics team. You gotta hope this one works out for them. Kind of like on the basketball side, you know, when they were recruiting Hunter Dickinson and uh and his girlfriend was on the track team. I remember the track <laughs> talk to James Henry about it. He said, Yeah, okay, that that's great if it works out for them, but we recruited her because she's a five star. <laughs> I mean, we see we see uh, you know, Zia Holman absolutely live up to that five star status on the track side. And of course you you see uh, you know, Naomi Morrison doing the same thing over in gymnastics, just like you said there. Uh, Bryce, just a a big-time performer, only in her freshman year, so the future is really bright for her. Uh, But a definite, definite end when you talk about Michigan's pursuit of her little brother. So we'll see how that goes. But before we shift gears and and start focusing on the position group for this week that we're going to focus on, which is the linebacker position, one of the things, one of the other things that we've been covering a lot lately, the young guys, Bryce, uh, it seems like Michigan has passed out offers to a number of guys 2023 and beyond 2023 some 2024 is out there and the the state of michigan is really looking up with the younger age groups those younger classes really look like you know the star quality in those classes looks like it's going to be on the uptick here in the next few years you know i was really actually high in the 2021 class i thought you know top end Donovan Edwards, Rocco Spindler, Garrett Dullinger, you know, Rashawn Benny, Gio, all these guys. I'm like, man, Michigan's so deep. But then the more I've looked into these upcoming classes, I'm like, there's a lot of talent. So Michigan so far with, you know, Ron Bellamy on staff, now Mike Hart on staff, Sharon Moore, who's always been a big presence in the state of Michigan, Josh Gaddis, Sean Nua. It's been a whole staff kind of working towards in-state and making those inroads and making that presence I would say more felt so you know they've offered quite a few of these kids first starting with Dante Moore from Detroit King obviously a five-star I think every school is going to want him he threw for 1100 over 1100 yards this past year 30 touchdowns just at three interceptions he trains with Devin Gardner with the young go-getters so that's a plug mm-hmm. and plus with all these offers you would think maybe Michigan gets lost in the shuffle no, he told me, you know, Michigan still resonates with him. He still looks at them. He's a big fan of Jim Harbaugh. He said, I, I know he can develop quarterbacks despite what people say. I know Michigan can turn it around. So that's obviously one guy Michigan's high on. Another guy, Amir Herring mm-hmm. from West Bloomfield. You're gonna That's going to be a common trend with some of these guys you're going to see from West Bloomfield. It wasn't just the Donovan Edwards show. There was plenty of young talent also on that team. Amir Herring, 6'4", 270. He kind of plowed the way, opened a lot of holes for Donovan. And so he's got ties to Michigan, too, with his cousin, Lawrence Marshall, who also played for Michigan a couple years back. Um, so I think most of us have Crystal Bond for Michigan. He's really high in the academics. Sharon Morris made sure to reconnect with him because he had a good relationship with Ed Warner. He's a top guy. Michigan's also get on. You know, and then they've also offered kids from other top schools in the state, like Jalen Thompson. He's 6'4", 240. He's from Detroit Cast Tech. Michigan just went in there, just got Raheem Anderson. He's a kid that when I watched him, he can play all along the defensive line. Sean Newell really liked his film. They offered early, and he's the guy that he. I feel like he's going to start picking up more offers. And so not only that, but like you said, Sam, the 2024 class, they've offered quite a few kids. And, you know, obviously you got Isaiah Marshall from Southfield. 
He's a top end talent. He's got he comes from good genes. His you know his mom and dad both played college sports. Also cousins with Lawrence Marshall once again, Michigan, and then maybe the guy that has we're talking about ties this episode. The strongest tie of maybe all the ties, CJ Carr, who's the <laughs> grandson of former Michigan yeah. head coach Lloyd Carr. So yeah. there's a lot of talent in the state of Michigan, and Michigan seems to be jumping at it and offering early and trying to make sure, let them know we were number one in your recruitment too. So I think it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, seeing CJ get the offer is like, wow. First of all, it makes it make, reminds me of how old I'm getting. Because I remember CJ – I remember CJ when when CJ was a little guy. He's not a little guy. He's not a little guy anymore. I mean, CJ's like like six three, gunslinger. Also a guy working with Devin Gardner and Young Go Getters as well. So uh, a kid with a lot of potential. He's putting in the work, the, the training. He has the genes. Uh, you know, has clearly been primed. Uh, you know, from a young age to be a quarterback. You know, dad was a was a QB as well. His dad, Jason, was a QB as well. So uh, a, a kid that I think is going to be really, really good in, in Michigan. And see, that's not just one of those offers that you drop because he's a, you know, he's a, a Michigan kid, you know, and he has all those ties to the program. He has a lot of potential, and I think they see that already. But Dante Moore, and I just had to, to get in a, a, a brief comment because you, you covered all those so well, the Lawrence Marshall connections, always going to be one of my – Favorite guys to cover was a great interview. A lot of people might forget he was originally committed to Ohio State and then flipped to Michigan. El Boogie did. But Dante Moore, let me tell you, we've, we've seen some quarterbacks come through the state of Michigan. I mean, I think maybe the the last one everyone was really high on was Shane Morris. Dante Moore, the, the feeling I get from talking to coaches in the area and talking to, you know, hearing from college scouts is they feel like this is going to be the best quarterback out of Michigan in a long time. And I agree. I mean, for all the attention that Arch Manning is get, is getting, and rightfully so, another kid with great bloodlines, coached up. He has all of the – he checks – Arch Manning checks all of the boxes. But, man, I got to tell you, and I was talking to Alan about this, when you look at Dante Morris' potential, you know, his, his size, you look at some of those throws that he made down at that uh, that 7-on-7 deal down in Florida. Yeah. You guys watched the film for that? Some he, was of the, aw- he was awesome. <laughs> he was fantastic. Some of the pinpoint throws that he was making on the move, on the money, zip, touch. So he has the arm. And that's the thing that a lot of people, I think, you know, you, you think city kid, right? King kid. And so he's, it's just, the, the stereotype is, it's just all athleticism. All right. It's, you know, he's, he's not throwing against, he's not processing the, the field. He's not reading defenses. But go watch them play. And they have him doing all that. They have Dante Moore doing all of that. You know, whole field read, scanning the field, going through his progressions. He's the guy from a training standpoint and a potential standpoint and a maturity standpoint. Checks a lot of those boxes. Enough so, I think, that when all of a sudden he's going to be neck and neck. I haven't looked at the rankings. Maybe you have Steve or Bryce to see where he is. He's Rel- 12. Rel- he's number 12 overall. Relative to Arch Manning. But he's going to be, if he's not neck and neck with Arch Manning right now, which it sounds like he is, I got to check there. He will be. He absolutely will be. And it just so happens you talk about it. And dad is a huge, I hear dad is a huge Michigan fan. Maybe the kid is, is you know, totally, is totally, uh, you know, objective and, 
have has no biases in his recruitment, but I hear that dad is a titanic Michigan fan. That's not to say that that's going to make the kid go to Michigan, but it, it's better than having him be an Ohio State fan, right, Steve? Right. I was just going to say, I mean, not big on the must-win things with recruiting, but given the position he plays and the type of talent it looks like he is and what we've talked about with this renewed, not necessarily a renewed focus, but hires that have made it clear that in-state recruiting is going to be a top priority going forward. This is a kid. I think you, you want, you have to get this guy. This is the type of kid, the type of talent that has the potential anyway to kind of be that next level kid at quarterback. Um, He's that good. You know, I mean, King, I think King was young overall this year. Right. And still, uh, you know, he's already kind of carried them on his shoulders uh, despite being a sophomore, you know, and I suspect that they'll be contending uh, for state titles the next couple of seasons. But no, I mean, this is the kind of, like I said, not big on the must win type deal, uh, regardless of location or whatever. But this is a guy, I think there's going to be immense pressure on Michigan to win this recruitment just because he's that good. He's in your backyard. Like you said, Sam, his dad's a huge Michigan fan which will eventually become a count. You know, everybody will know that at some point throughout this recruitment. So uh, even then though, just still a kid that he's that good quarterback. We've seen is the position that can change things. You know, I think a lot of fans hoping JJ McCarthy kind of gets the ball rolling there as far as like taking Michigan to that next level. Uh, This is another guy I think is in that vein. Absolutely. All right. This is a great time to take a pause. So we'll do that. When we come back on the other side, we're going to focus on the linebacker position where, you know, Michigan, you talk, we spent a lot of time talking about some of the other positions that they've uh, really been aggressive, the offers fanning out, talked a lot about defensive back, a lot about defensive line. Well, linebacker and some of the guys they have offers out to at that position, very impressive. We will get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We're back on the Michigan Recruiting Insider, the linebacker position. Uh, and this is one where, I mean, you look last year, Steve, and I know it was one of those spots you're like, man, where's the where's the depth? Uh, because, you know, Cameron Grown gets hurt. Uh, and, you know, it, it's one of those deals where you have to go to a walk-on uh, to kind of fill in the gaps. Now, that they had some young linebacker talent like Khalil Mullings, who I think they're really excited about. The new staff is really excited about, but uh, you know, getting some more speed and athleticism at that position uh, there—that is a priority in this recruiting class, and you can really see that, Steve, with the guys they put offers out to. I really like, like, pretty much every guy they've offered 
at linebacker uh, since the new staff came on board, right? I mean, outside or inside. Feels like they're going after uh, – I look at the kid, say this, I look at the kid like Jeremy Patton out of Texas that they just offered like less than a week or so ago is a kid that plays a wide receiver on the other side of the ball for his school, but plays linebacker. You know, a kid that's like sort of lanky and long, built like a receiver, but but has – the athleticism, the strength to be a potentially really good linebacker at the college level kind of feels like a, a few of those offers have been in that vein. Uh, Patton, like I said, being one of them, he's one of the guys we moved up to a top target today. I know another guy that we were talking about before we got on that I'm a really, really big fan of is Joshua Josephs out of Kennesaw, Georgia, North Cobb yes, High School. Absolutely. His film has absolutely everything. Um, he rushes the edge. He plays the run. He plays aggressively. He can drop back into coverage. Just showed a lot. He's one of the few guys that I'm fascinated to see what our initial ranking is going to be. Well, how they rate him to start it out because he's one right away. I was like four, four started me. You know that that was evident. It didn't take like but a handful of plays for me to say this guy looks like a four star prospect. You know, and that with Michigan, that's what's interesting is a lot of the guys we bumped up today to top target are guys that have not been ranked or rated yet. So it's going to be really interesting to see how our analysts and, and evaluators kind of go either along with or against, uh, you know, some of the guys that Michigan has offered, you know, so Joseph is a bit is a big one. EJ Lightsey, more of an inside kid also out of Georgia is another one. Jerron Willis too, more of a national name. I think he's a top one fifty kid already. He plays for Lee County out of uh, Leesburg, which, you, you know, most people know Aubrey Solomon, Otis Reese played out of there. Uh, Ernest Hausman, the kid out of Columbus, Nebraska, another guy not ranked or rated yet, but has started to kind of take off recruiting-wise. And then uh, Micah Pollard also. I know I, mm-hmm. Bryce has spoken to him. He's another guy. <laughs> not Should not be ungraded or unrated at this point. Looks like a really good prospect. And maybe of the guys I've just named, might be the one Michigan has the best shot at. At least it feels like it early on as far as his – reception to Michigan's pitches and stuff like that. Yeah, you mentioned Patton, and I heard that he's actually a really good uh, basketball player, too. That is athleticism on the court. It's like, man, you need to watch his basketball film. So that's one of the things I'm going to be doing here shortly. But it speaks to what you said about just the raw athleticism that he brings to the table. But Josh Josephs is one of the guys I'm most excited about on their recruiting board. I think he's an animal <laughs> and and very receptive to, to Michigan. I've uh, been talking a lot to to Brian Jean Marie uh, here recently, and so that's one of the things that I, uh, you know, I really look at how, how receptive are they. You know, it's one thing for Michigan to have the aggression to be all over, drop an offer and be all over a kid, but are they, you know, are, when you when you get when you get them on the line, is it one of those things where you know you talk to them, you make your presence felt, and then you're off in five minutes? Or are you talking to them for 30, 40 minutes? at a time they have that going with with josh josephs right now uh not to say that it's going to be one of those recruitments that you should be counting them as the favorite or a favorite for but it's definitely one that you should be counting that they have a shot with just like i know who a guy you've talked about a lot uh bryce on the board and in the past podcast and, and michael pollard yeah just right there down in jacksville florida um you talk about, i hate to bring it up again but you talk about ties i mean obviously his uncle mm-hmm. Braylon Edwards. I mean, he's he told me when I first met him down again to go see Brennan Jennings play, the one-time former Michigan commit who flipped on National Signing Day to Maryland. I went to see him play, and he happened to be playing Bartram Trails, which is home of Micah Pollard. 
Um, and when I watched him that game, he was the best linebacker on the field. He was better than Jennings. And so, again, when I interviewed him and he told me the connection, he obviously said, I would love an offer from Michigan, but I just don't think the staff's into me. I don't think they're interested. And so Michigan quickly changed that with George Hilo, with his connections down there. Um, and, you know, think about these linebackers looking at the, you know, top target list that Steve put out. They're going to be running a 3-4, but Mike McDonald has been super prevalent in all these conversations. He's extended most of these offers, and he's made it very clear these guys are going to play. Like, we're playing several linebackers. You guys are going to be doing many roles, many going to have many responsibilities, and these are guys that are going to go sideline to sideline. They can come downhill. They can even drop back in coverage. And I like a lot of these guys. You know, I mean, you mentioned some of them. And again, we're talking about shooting for the moon. Shamar Moore or Shamar James down there in Alabama. He told me, you know, a kid from Mobile, Alabama, you would think, no, not a chance. He's going to stay home, go play for the Crimson Tide. But he told me, I might try to buck the trend. I'm looking at other schools. Michigan offers me that opportunity to go. And so let's say you pull a kid like Justice Finkley. Mm -hmm. That opens the eyes of other kids around the area. And so who knows? You know, obviously that could go. Another kid I like. Lander Barton out there in Utah. He's Utah's number one prospect. And you talk about popping in the film, just eye-popping, explosive athlete. You can go sideline to sideline. He's just impressive, you know, from start to finish of his highlights. So I think they're really in a lot of these guys. And, again, they have just a lot of little ties, you know, with all Jerron, you know, Willis coming from the same school as Aubrey Solomon and at one time, Otis Reese, you know, and there's just so many ties with some of these guys that at that point, maybe you can take advantage of. So we'll see what happens. But I think right now they're looking at several very talented linebackers. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Willis and, and Lee County. I mean, this is this is one of those things where we're ties. You remember Mo Linguist was at Valdosta State. Very tied in in the South Georgia area. I know it's not his position, but this is what I'm talking about. This is what we talk about when we say, you know, area ties, area recruiting. He can help here. He can be a fact, a positive factor for Michigan in that region. Remember, he we keep going back and talking about the job he did in Minnesota, getting Rashad Bateman up to Minnesota. Another of those mid to not not Atlanta, you know, one of those Southern Georgia guys that he went to grab. Uh, this is another place where a connection like that can can really help. So, uh, you know, I, I like I like that this it, we we see examples at least so far. And I haven't this I haven't seen it with Willis yet. I'm just anticipating him being a positive factor there. But we have seen it in other places, like a, a guy who we anticipated Michigan making the 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 top ten for. They did in Walter Nolan. Uh, you know, it's, we're talking linebackers right now, but it's an example of here you have a receiver coach helping you in that area because he has a tie. I can see in this particular instance Willis being a a a, a South Georgia kid and and Mo Ling was having connections there. That being a real factor. But I got a question for Steve. Going back to a kid that you went to see, Steve, a guy talking about ties. You know, Brian Jean Marie recruited Puna Fort. Uh, he recruited him to Texas out of uh, Hilton Head. And there's a kid at Hilton Head that one of the first offers came from Michigan and Brian Jean-Marie. This kid, a linebacker prospect, you got to figure Jalen Sneed would be a target for this staff. The question is, how open do you think he would be 
to leaving the South Carolina area. So they're still recruiting. He was one that was a big question for me, uh, just because, like you said, I think he's a – he was one of the first – I'd say this. He was one of the first prospects I thought of after Mike McDonald was hired as defensive coordinator as far as the, th- the movement to the 3-4, thinking this guy's an even better fit in Michigan's defense now than he would have been under Don Brown. Um, he's already around 220, but he's like a skinny 220. I mean, this is a guy that you could bulk up quite a bit still. I feel like the way he's built seems wide open. This is like I said, this is going to be, you know, talk about a couple interesting recruitments like Darius Clemens, some other guys. This one is another one. I'm like fascinated to see uh, where this one ends up. Notre Dame with Marcus Freeman has gotten involved recently. And I think they've made a little bit of headway there. Mom is from Texas. He liked Texas. He liked Oklahoma. Texas kind of has that new car smell with uh, Sarkeesian now, right? I think they're trending for some defensive prospects, so I think they're kind of a hot name on the trail again. Um, he likes a couple of the Florida schools. And the leader that I, the team I thought was leading when I left Hilton Head was Oregon. I mean, so you're talking, and on top of that, explicitly told that there was a really good chance that he would completely leave the state of South Carolina. So meaning no South Carolina, no Clemson. Clemson still hasn't offered. So I'd still like to see what the reaction would be if Clemson did offer, right? It's one thing to say, don't think he's going to go to Clemson. Well, let's wait and see what happens after they offer a scholarship first. But uh, either way, I think it's a kid very receptive to everybody. And I did think that Michigan was one of the probably within the handful of schools that he was considering most. Uh, so given that I think he's a better fit now than he would have been under Don Brown and the fact that he just seems really wide open. It's another reason to still kind of keep an eye on that recruitment. Very quiet kid though, too. Well, it's it, the Intel spotty, you know, I suppose, uh, but I know Oregon, Oklahoma, Texas, Florida, Michigan. And like I said, I think Notre Dame recently has made him a priority. Uh, but again, probably another guy It was a guy that was like, wasn't sure if I'd keep him at top target or not. Uh, his head coach told me, uh, you know, Jean-Marie still recruiting him really hard. Not sure if he's talked, how much he's talked to McDonald yet necessarily. Uh, but either way, I got to think that, you know, that this is another guy they'll stay after. Cause not only is he a really good prospect, but he, again, feels very weirdly gettable for a kid out of Hilton Head, South Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. So Jalen Sneed, uh, as we said, has, has been a guy that, that Brian Jean-Marie has been on for some time. And, was turned on to by the coach at Hilton Head to Steve's point, B.J. Payne. But talking about Payne, another weird tie, and I think we may have mentioned this in a in a podcast a long time ago. I know we mentioned it on the board. But B.J. Payne used to be a coach in Ohio. And when he was a coach in Ohio, he coached a kid who went on to be a captain in Michigan, to Courtney Avery. And so uh, very familiar with Michigan. Harbaugh actually recruited Courtney Avery at Stanford as well, so familiar with Harbaugh. But he's a guy who raves, raves about Brian Jean-Marie. And whenever I have a kid, Brian Jean-Marie will be a factor. If if it's a guy that Brian Jean-Marie wants, he will be a factor for that kid. If that kid has just an iota of interest in Michigan. And this kid has at least that. And B.J. Payne, I think his presence there and respect that he has for for Brian Jean-Marie, who we call B.J., but I want to get our B.J.'s mixed up. Uh, he is he is absolutely going to make sure that you know Brian Jean Marie knows whether he has a chance, whether it's worth his time to continue to recruit that kid. And so far, 
he's told him it's worth your time. That says something to me uh, because that's a that's a guy who knows Michigan, knows the guy who would be coaching him, and has said, and I think he expressed this to you, Steve, this is a kid that's willing to leave the region. You mentioned Clemson. Uh, you know, that coach told me point blank, uh, South Carolina, <laughs> he doesn't have the best connection with South Carolina. So if he's not going to Clemson, that might be a question for some people. Coach is not the coach Payne is not on uh, on South Carolina's Christmas card list. Just just put it that way. Funny story. I asked him how hard Coach BJ was recruiting him when I interviewed him, and he kind of looked at me funny, realizing he he wasn't sure if I was asking about his own <laughs> <laughs> awkward, you know, right. the idiot reporter here. Like, can't even get my coaches, right. you know, yeah, you right. Gotta- but no, I mean. Yeah, Payne, I think actually, I think his daughter goes to Ohio State. I remember talking to him for a while. Uh, immense connections in the Midwest, though, and had nothing but great things to say about Michigan. I know the one other thing he had mentioned to me was they usually do, they're one of the group, he is uh, one of the groups down in South, I don't know if it's just South Carolina, but in that region, uh, a seven on seven deal that would have made it to Michigan last spring, if not for the COVID deal. So, you know, it's, that's another thing where you got to kind of remember the fact that, you know, normally it'd be a situation where he may have already been on campus before and seen things, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's with Michigan specifically. And it sounds like most of the other schools that are recruiting him, it's a hurdle that they're going to have to overcome. But yeah, I mean the, yeah, he had, yeah, there's some interesting things to say about the in-state schools for sure. Um, <laughs> but again, another kid, we already have him ranked really highly, but he's another guy I think is like, I feel like he's the type of kid in a, in a, in a camp setting, like an Under Armour Nike type deal would blow up. Would even, I think he'd move up even further uh, than what he already is because Hilton had not really a place that scouts, I guess, or people are really tuning in a ton to see. And it's not that the competition is top of the line necessarily either. So, um, yeah, again, another kind of quietly intriguing kid that they're uh, heavy in on right now. Yeah, I want to turn some attention to a couple of guys that I'm going to be doing some in-depth reporting on this week. Uh, as you know, I've been spending a lot of time uh, digging on Miles Pollard. So caught up with his dad for a lengthy, lengthy conversation. And needless to say, the rising corner out of Ravenwood High School in Brentwood, Tennessee, Michigan, very much a factor for him, as we've already mentioned in past podcasts. But this kid, Jordan Phillips, uh, again, another kid who's he's unranked. I mean, he doesn't even have a picture in his profile on twenty four seven yet. That will be changing really soon. A a defensive line prospect out of a Coe, Florida, uh, and you pop in his tape, and man, guys, <laughs> you know this is the kind of defensive lineman you want. I mean, just it's six three, you know, two seventy. It plays with great pad level. That comes from his, he's a wrestler, so it comes from his wrestling background. Good off-snap quickness, uh, you know, violent, which is which is counter to his off-field persona. And his dad was very out front saying, man, I'm actually kind of surprised that he's, he's as good because we didn't see him being a football kid. He just didn't seem to have the demeanor. It, it didn't match up. And he said, man, you know, he hit, he hit middle school. Got serious about his training, uh, and he gets on the football field and he flips the switch. And this is a kid who he lives, he lives in whether it's uh, you know lifting weights or or running, you know the preparation for the game. He eats, sleeps, and breathes that when he's not concentrating on his academics. And then when he's on the field, 
I mean, again, this is this is a guy whose ranking isn't up there, whose offer list isn't up there yet because he doesn't talk to a lot of people, doesn't talk about his recruitment, doesn't do a lot of interviews, doesn't really seem to talk to a lot of coaches. But we're going to look up in a few months, and you mark my words. I've been saying mark my words a lot. This is a kid who we're going to see with 30-plus offers. He's going to be, you know, a four-star kid. I don't know if you guys have popped in that film yet, uh, Bryce and Steve, but, man, you watch Jordan Phillips on – on film and you wonder how is this guy under the radar relatively speaking if you have an offers from Michigan, Auburn, and Miami, if you still count that as under the radar, I do because he has what, you know, ten offers on those on that level. I think it's gonna be thirty before all is said and done. Yeah, he's he's one of the names I was given right when uh, Alex Van Summer and his decommitment happened. So he was a guy that Michigan staff has been extremely high in that and again that was before the decommitment and especially even more so afterwards. So he's the guy that Michigan really likes. Sam, I one of the things I've been told about him is his wrestling genes. And so someone even brought it up to me like a Mike Martin. He's just how that translates over to the football field. And you could see with Mike, it exceptionally well. So I think Michigan, he's the guy that they're going to really turn up the heat. Michigan's got ties to the state of Florida of George Hilo with other recruiters on staff. And they're going to go at him Full, full court press. So he's a guy that, like you said, Sam, a lot of movement up in these rankings going to happen. He's definitely one guy that you should be on the lookout for. You watch his film yet, Steve? Yeah, when they offered, I actually had to just go back and look because uh, he was offered. He was actually offered on signing day. Mm-hmm. And it got, it kind of got shuffled in with all the stuff going on on signing day. I think we posted on it the next day. And, yeah, my first guy, I have to read the message board. My comment was, uh, love this kid's highlight tape. So, why well, I haven't watched it since, but I will watch it again. I do. I, I remember. The, I do remember thinking the first thing I thought, just his physical build, looks like a college defensive lineman yeah. for sure. Like just is built, j- tree trunks for legs, like you said, quick off the ball. Um, just looks like he looked like one of those guys to me. Reminded me of like a stud, like Florida State, Florida lineman. You know the guys that they just they just seem to just pop up down in that area of the country, you know, the guys that they would churn out in the nineties and the, the two thousands, you know, guys that would just come out of nowhere, uh, kind of reminded me of one of those types of kids. So, uh, yeah, no, again, people got to remember with the COVID stuff, like rankings and ratings are kind of been wacky. It's been hard to evaluate. That being said, he did have a full set of film that I suppose he could have been ranked and rated on. Uh, but looks like another guy looks like a four-star type prospect. Yeah, it, it's about. coming. I'll give you guys right here. Give you a little snippet from Dad. It'll give you an idea of what's to come a little bit later on the week here on the Michigan Insider. Knowing him like you do better than anyone else, let's yep. pretend for the, for a second that he's getting ready to sit down and pick a school. He's at that point. When he does that, what are going to be the biggest factors in that choice? Getting the hell away from us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, who knows, man? I think just – uh you know, he, he's just uh, – it all depends. For Jordan, it just depends on who he meets, you know, who's talking to him and who he likes the most. But I do know uh, Michigan is high on his list. I do know that. But um, he um, – you know, you know, you know, after I graduated from high school and went, went to college, I was – I got my bachelor's degree in three years, right? So, but the first thing I did, I'm from Arkansas. So the first damn thing I did 
When I graduated from school, it's hauled ass from Arkansas, and I never moved back there since. <laughs> so, Jordan, he's going to be uh, – his mother and I know he's he's out. <laughs> he's going to really? be out. Yeah, yeah. He's been like, I'm out since he was like, I don't know how old. All right, so with that, guys, we can – we can wrap things up now. A pretty full podcast as we covered a lot of bases, covered a lot of guys, a lot more to come throughout the week as uh, certainly the offers are flowing. Uh, and we got a big day coming up on on Wednesday. It's our crystal ball day. You guys already got your, your new crystal balls ready? Any, any previews, guys, you're going to be up, you know, raising or lowering the confidence on any? Any teases you want to throw out there as far as your crystal balls are concerned, Bryson Steve? I'm I'm getting close on going in on Jet Howard. I've been going back and forth on it for a while. Um, that's I just that's that's my crystal ball joke. Um, literally, just wait. Like I always, when I do the chats, I ask uh, people always ask who's your next crystal ball. I just I always try to have a guy in the back pocket that I can just use for my uh, my panned answer, and that's it's been Jet Howard. But no, I would say. I, I, probably a couple of guys will move up, right? Mm-hmm. Won't say. One guy I have a crystal ball on for Michigan that I'll probably be moving down Me too. in confidence, right? Me too. I think we're probably – we don't have to say it, but I think we're all on the same page there. Um, but otherwise, probably a more younger – maybe a couple of younger guys I think that might be not locks but close to. Uh, otherwise, with the staff turnover and things, it's been – it's hard to you – know, I'm not throwing out a crystal ball for any of the guys we talked about that, like linebacker or anything like that. Yeah, I got – I definitely have one that I'm going to lower, but I have a, a big one that I'm going to raise. Some, too, there. So, uh, just a little little tease there. What about Ooh. you, Bryce? I might, I might put one in for a five-star. I won't say who, but I might <laughs> put one in for a five-star. Yeah, you've been a holdout. You've been a holdout. Hold yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, folks, be on the lookout. That's Wednesday. we got a lot of great coverage to come. As I always say, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate and review it. If you've already done that, tell your friends all about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, whatever podcast platform they use, they can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast, and up they will come. And remember, now is a great time. If you are not a VIP member of the Michigan Insider, you can join up now and get your first month for just $1. So don't miss out on the opportunity to hear like this podcast intel. You get that all the time and even deeper over the Michigan Insider. So be sure to check it out. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer. Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.